Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Welcome, everyone, to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined by Joseph Holbert. Joseph, it's a sad show today. We're going to try to perk it up at the end, but look, we, we lost Brody Lee on Saturday night, and I'm sure everyone has seen the tributes pouring from wrestlers across multiple promotions, and it's been a very tough couple of days i think for everyone in the wrestling community it's, it's surreal man like even hearing you do that intro it feels like we shouldn't be doing this show it's, it's weird <laughs> i still don't know where i'm at with it i don't know it's been it's been a painful few days like i, I spoke to you before before we went on the air and it's just like i think only the people watching this the people that follow pro wrestling to level the like crazed folks like us do right can relate to what this feels like because to normal people, man, it's like it's wild how affected we've all been by this. But man, have I been affected? I know you, you've probably been the same, and it's like we're not alone in this. And I want I wanted to do this show because not everyone has like a platform to vent or friends to talk to that feel the same way. If we can sort of make you feel like you're sitting in on this conversation to make sure you know you're not alone with how you feel right now, that would be a positive to come out of what is a pretty dark. Uh, die right now yeah guys any super chats you donate on this show will go to the family of Brody lee um so if you donate a super chat it'll get your question comment statement read on air you know send your Brody lee memories uh romtel send 50 dollars. ron if you have a message let me know uh i'll post that and evan wright uh says joe we're gonna have a cry tomorrow night i think we're gonna have a cry tonight i don't know <laughs> I'm struggling already, man. That's, tomorrow night is going to be... Uh, yeah. It's, it's such a... I feel strange saying this, Jeremy, but again, I think people watching it will understand. I'm excited for tomorrow night in the most sort of dreading way possible to be excited for something because I know that when it ends, I'll feel better. But that two hours is going to be a roller coaster of just sheer emotion, but it's necessary. And one of the few things that is truly great about pro wrestling, I say few things because, man, it's tough sometimes... <laughs> is when these things happen, 
the rest wrestling is so dumb that there's a show every damn week, right? And Jeremy, you know that better than anyone. You cover these things, right? <laughs> it, it allows us to all come together in these moments. Be like they're feeling the same stuff ten ten times more. So it will be something. Yeah, tomorrow will be something. Uh, Andrew Thompson is going to pop on here in literally two seconds. Let me bring on Andrew. Andrew is his camera off. He doesn't feel like showing his face. Andrew, how are you, buddy? I, I apologize. Not showing my uh, my face on camera, fellas. I'm still in uh, <laughs> I'm still I'm still in sleep mode. Been chilling today. Besides working, sleep but I appreciate I, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on the feature slayer himself, the one and only. Joe Holbert, the, the the handheld microphone legend, and then, and then of course, then of course the good man Jeremy Lambert, the hashtag point guard, my good man from North Carolina. <laughs> right there, what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing, man? I'm glad to be here. Andrew's sleep mode is better than like 99 of people's like productive mode. So I don't know what your sleep mode is, buddy. Um, <laughs> Appreciate you joining us, Andrew. Post wrestling, Andrew Thompson. Like, go follow the man. You you know where to find him. Uh, Evan Wright says, then basically letting his son book the show ruled. Yeah. So I guess we got Brody Jr.'s favorite tag team tomorrow: Orange Cassidy, Cody, and Ten of the Dark Order. Which it, that's a team. I I love this show. I, I I hate the circumstances that it's on, but I'm glad they're doing a full on tribute show. I don't think there was really ever any doubt that they were going to do a full-on tribute show, but I I fully expect them to do justice to the life and career of Brody Lee, and I fully expect Tony Khan to like really take care of that family moving forward. Yeah. I, I, sorry, Andrew, I apologize. Go ahead. Oh, no, oh, no you go ahead, Joe. I was going to follow up after you. I, I just... Um, I, I'm with you. I also expected that, but like reading the tweets, you talk about stuff that's surreal. Seeing the graphics of like the Brody Lee celebration show is like a bizarre feeling. It is, and again, it sounds so strange. So I'm excited for the show, but I just feel like I need it. It's like a hurdle I got to get over here to just move on almost. And it's like, as fans, we're lucky because we can sort of move on. There are people close to him that obviously it's a, it's a lot more of a drawn out process than that, but. For us, it's like, I think everyone's waiting for that show to be like, okay, breathe in and breathe out almost. But it's, it's just tough. Yeah, I, I definitely think this show is going to be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be definitely going to be an emotional one. I think just, just publicly knowing that they're letting, that they're doing this show for specifically for uh for Brody's family, that's going to be a, it's going to be a tough watch, man. Like even the, um seeing Xavier Woods on Raw Talk, like seeing him get emotional when he was talking about Brody, you could just tell like he was genuinely like just a good dude. And and I know that's like I, I I it's crazy because like you know it's, it's like we go on in life and you just you you hear certain stories like these about people and so sometimes like behind the scenes like you may not even know these things like you you but then and, and, and unfortunately it had to take for for this to occur but like I'm I'm so glad to know that you know he was just an overall good dude and so many people appreciated him and got the experience this man. And that he just it like seemingly did right by everybody in, in some way, you know what I'm saying? It's cra- it's crazy, but like he it, like just seeing all these tributes, man. Like and still seeing the amount of tributes that are coming out, like it's not even done yet. And then I can only imagine what they got lined up for Dynamite as far as like tribute videos and stuff, man. It's it, it's it's really been amazing to see. Justin and I were talking off the air of like when someone passes, usually there's like a tweet, maybe two of memories and stuff, and then. 
maybe there's the graphic on the show and then it just seems like everyone moves on. And here we are Tuesday and like Biggie is still telling like stories of, of things. Natalia is telling stories. Like everyone is still telling stories about this man and how they, they impacted uh, his life. Joseph or Andrew, you mentioned Xavier Woods on raw. Oh, go ahead, Joseph. No, no, go, no okay. that, that moment was, just, yeah, that was hard to watch. So go to go try and draw that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Andrew mentioned Xavier Woods, and I, I just have this is my quick story on Brody Lee and like just what I feel like the kind of person he he is and was. Um, New Legacy Inc. did a charity stream earlier this year, and and Woods was on that, and Evil Uno was on that, and they were playing Uno uh, on the stream. Brody Lee pops on this stream, and he's not playing. He can see Xavier Woods <laughs> stream though. He sees Xavier's cards, but the stream is showing the perspective of the new legacy guys. But Brody's there, and the perverse joy this man got out of ruining Xavier Woods' <laughs> game and just saying, like, oh yeah, he's got a red seven. Don't play a don't play a red, don't play a seven. And Woods, Woods, who I think has like top five most infectious laughs I've ever heard, uh, like part anger of like his game being blown up but the only person who can see his screen and part just like cackling at this man playing this rib on him and giving away his game. If you have time, it's, it's like a 13 hour stream, but they put highlights up on their YouTube page. Watch that. And the way Brody and woods are interacting with each other, you can tell there was such a genuine friendship between them. And Brody was on up, up, down, down multiple times with his son, a couple of times as well. Yeah. There was such a genuine friendship between those two. And like the way Woods handled the, the tributes last night with the with the armband, with the discus clothesline, uh, and the pose before, and then talking about him on Raw Talk. I think Xavier Woods is like one of the best people in wrestling. And mm-hmm. that was great to see last night. But go check out that moment because there was it's such a genuine moment just between two friends just bullshitting with each other on a charity stream. Infectious is such a great word for this conversation in general because you mentioned up, up, down, down. And, like, you know, Jeremy, I don't watch a lot of their stuff. In one appearance, Brody convinced me I must check out all of his stuff on that channel. (laughs) Because there's an energy to him. Some guys, they just – when you see them, you go, everyone loves that guy. You can tell. And it's not because they're being, like, this sort of – pure citizen he's taking he's taking the mick out of people he's poking fun and everyone just loves him because he's having fun and like there's so much to be taken from that like pro wrestling is you know it's just a very strange thing we cover right guys like it's a, it's a weird thing sometimes where the most skillful people aren't the most sort of like representative <laughs> it's a really odd thing we cover but when you see it boiled down to this and it's a man being like, you know, paid homage to it's like man who cares about what he was pushed to do. The guys that were with him didn't care. You know, they, they view him as the ultimate and the utmost in this industry. So there's a lot to be learned from that, definitely. Like the way you treat people, it's it's noticed. And that's that's a cool thing in a you know horrific story. That's like a neat sort of positive to take, I think. Man, definitely. Like it, it really just shows you like if you just you, you just you just be yourself, man, and just be cool to people, I guess, and just do your own thing and you know, just bring out positive energy, man. Like that that that'll have an influence on somebody, and you probably won't even know it. 
like I, I think one of my favorite stories that come out uh, recently about uh, Brody is that uh, he had this quote unquote uh, beef with the women's division in WWE <laughs> because he said they would like copy everything he would do. Like I think Big E said that uh, he, he had some he had some quote unquote issue with Natalia because she took his discus Larry and then um, what was it? He took uh, Dana Brooks poses and then um, Sonya Deville when she came out uh, the, the night, I think it was the week prior to the SummerSlam. Yeah. And then she uh she was wearing the the uh, the red suit and Brody's uh, must have sent Biggie a picture and said look look at you they they stealing my stuff again and like like they, like just like little stuff like that man like that that's hilarious and you could just tell like just by seeing like it was so many people from so many different parts of wrestling like it wasn't just wrestlers it were people that worked backstage uh, promotion owners like I think I seen uh John Thorne who runs AIW was speaking so highly of Brody and like I, I can only imagine. You know how, how many people that haven't been able to share their stories yet, or haven't gone out and shared their stories. Like I'm one one person that I'm really curious to hear from is uh Pat, like because I know he worked with Brody early. I'm interested to hear if he has any fond memories or stories to share. But man, I, it's it's so many stories, man. It's like genuinely again, like just crazy and so so good to see that so many people appreciated this dude and he was just you know just a good person. Uh, what's interesting too is I mean and. You know, as fans, because we are fans here, right? Like, guys yeah. like yourself have a terrible... Sometimes you have to report stuff that is not fun to report. And I will always emphasize that, but we are root fans. That's why we cover this stuff. So it's a pleasure for us to get insight into these things. But I, I do want to stress that while this is nowhere near as important as the wonderful person he was, Brody Lee was a pleasure to watch, right? Mm. Like, this is not, you know... I, I actually want to get into at some point on here, like the way we covered his AW run, because I mean, it's, just, it's very interesting as like a fan of his. Um, but he was just so good. And like, it's not one of those things in retrospect, but you go, everyone knew he was great, right? But any memories, Andrew, Jeremy, who wants to go, like just having fun watching that dude wrestle because he was great. Go ahead, Andrew. Oh, yeah. Like, so specifically speaking about the uh, the AW run, I, I did want to get you guys' thoughts on this. I think we probably talked about it uh, so at some point when it happened, when he uh, debuted in AW, but that feels like, years ago and, and at this point with 2020 man but uh like i remember when i first saw him pop up when he revealed himself as the exalted one like e- even though there were no fans in the in the building it was still like one of them like can, can i curse on here i don't want to get okay I, I was like it was like one of them like oh, oh shit type of moments like it was still <laughs> really big and it felt really big although there were not people there in attendance to actually see it and i was wondering if you guys kind of felt the same way because i was like when i saw it i was like oh yeah we, it's, it's legit now. The, the the big guy's here. He, he's officially here. And then, like, th- just the fact that he really uh, elevated the Dark Order and made them, like, a legit faction after, like, having kind of a rough start, I would just kind of, you know, wonder if you guys thought about his overall debut and how he elevated uh, Dark Order. I think one of the most disappointing things is that he didn't get that moment in Man. New Jersey. Oh, to debut because that was what first second week of the pandemic that, 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 that was his hometown too right yeah yeah like oh, it was goodness. supposed to be this big debut and it still was a big debut but like he was gonna get a monster pop for that and you know they would have gone back to jersey pretty quickly after you know things opened up again and you would have hoped that he would be on that show would get the pop then and like he, he's not gonna get that and i think that really really sucks because his his aew run I think it's the best run of his career. There, there was the SmackDown run that was tremendous, but his overall work in AEW, it started rough. We we talked about it on the show, like the, the Vince comparisons and stuff. I, I wasn't in on that, 
they really turned it around probably about like the Moxley match. Everything kind of turned around from that point on. And then like the Cody squash was just tremendous, tremendous television. Everything he did on BTE too. Like BTE became the dark order show because of all of those segments. Like they, they took that show over because Brody was leading those segments and John Silver was standing out. Like his AEW run again, I think is the best run of his career. It's, it's so interesting. You say that and I agree with you, but it, it pains me somewhat how I covered that hit on here. I, as a fan of his that always wanted him to be a single star, I dreaded the Dark Order thing. Like, and I, I've been since, and people that watch this show know that I had like initially had problems with it, right? And I didn't like this and like that. But in hindsight, I was so wrong because I wanted him to just be Luke Harper, effectively, the wild man, right? Comes in, does the lariat, goes crazy. That's fun, that was fun to me. It was simplistic wrestling, and I loved it. And I would always celebrate that character because I love watching it. But in hindsight now, how great it was that he got to reinvent himself and show how much range he always – everyone always said he had that range, right? He was much smarter than they kind of allowed him to be presented. And initially I was like, you know, some guys are better to be reined in. I was wrong about Brody. I think we said that on the air. Like, as soon as he got yeah. rolling with the BTE stuff, it was like, okay, now he's figured it out. And the greatest compliment you could give him as a performer is – when he was that wild man with the you know the dirty shirt and all that great stuff, he fit everything he did fit that. But then when he became the the sinister cult leader, it still fit. He changed stuff correctly. I mean, there was a match someone pointed out on Twitter, and I remember us talking about on the show the twelve man tag they did, which are never good, by the way, other than this particular one because it was structured <laughs> all around. It was purely structured around Brody's ability to lead the Dark Order. And they had that wonderful finish where he like lured Hangman into his trap almost. Go watch that match and appreciate the wrestling genius of him as a as a guy that could work a character and adjust and adapt. And it was just that was a validating run, and it fulfilled the potential people said he had. Of course, we wish it was much longer, but I'll say this much: it's, I'm probably not going to be able to rewatch it anytime soon because it will hurt. His last match is probably his best match in my view, or his best performance. At least he is masterful mm-hmm. in the dog collar match. So. Yeah, I agree. I think it's his best run too. It was amazing stuff. Yeah, 100%, man. Like one, one thing that I really liked about uh, Brody's run in AEW, and, and it was, this is like really a small thing amongst like all the great things that he did, of course, on BTE and, and on screen. Uh, like I, I really liked the way that AEW kind of shot his entrance. Like, like so, that, like especially in his uh, TNT Championship matches, like you, you can go see uh, the first one with Cody and the one with Dustin Rose and uh, – I, th- I think they did it in the one with Orange Cassidy too, and the the last one he did, the last match he had uh, with Cody. Like they they always got the side of the tunnel, and then they would like do like the wraparound shot and would like zoom into the tunnel, right? But Brody, this this, this thing that made it so cool, Brody was like legitimately like what six four six five. He was a big dude, right? So when they zoomed in, all you see is this like monster of a human being like coming out of the tunnel. Dead set, walking straight to the. It, it was like the coolest shit I have ever seen. But I was like, I used, I, I used legit used to love like little production details like that in professional wrestling. And like he just had like the complete look that like made the overall thing happen. And I, you, you like you, you, I, I always noticed that. But like, it, like it's it's sad that like it took me like for it took for him to unfortunately have to leave this earth to like fully i guess recognize like little details and hints like that like i wish i could have you know had 
more people recognize that or something along those lines. But like, man, I like I just love like small details like that in professional wrestling. And then Brody just had the like complete look that made it all click one hundred percent. It's it, this sounds so silly, but when you were talking about you know the stuff you notice, it's like I was I was thinking about I remember when he wrestled Dustin on Dynamite, and there being a whole dialogue about like should Brody just you know just run through Dustin the way he did Cody, and this may sound so silly, but I'm so glad, like looking back now, that they had the match they had because I love that match. I adore <laughs> that match, and I, I'm just glad we had that match because again, none of this means anything in the grand scheme of things. I'm aware. But to us, he was just someone we watched. So the more great stuff that he packed into that little run, the better. Like, because we didn't appreciate it, right? Like, we didn't realize how that's now history forever, that run. Like, that's a, yeah. a special piece of, of AEW Dynamite history. Now, look, in 20 years, we don't know where that show will be. We have no clue. Ideally, that will be looked at as one of the key sort of introduction pieces of a show that is very successful. I hope so. But if not, it was a great time to watch the wrestling fan. That's that much I know. I'm going to catch up on some super chats. Reminder guys, uh, all super chats, all, all money made from super chats are going to the family of, uh, of Brody Lee. Um, JK Shaw says, stay well, boys. Hoping the main event tomorrow is Brody jr. Pinning Kenny. Uh, when they taped that, it's kind of sad to think now that like that was for John Huber and not so much for Brody jr. Because I, I would assume they taped it. They recorded it. They showed it to him. And like, that's, the purpose for it more than giving his son the moment, which is special, but also sad in my mind. Um, Bud Ryan says, appreciate you guys doing the show tonight. Been feeling awful today. Just hearing your voices have brought immense comfort right now. Thanks for everything. Hope you feel better, bud. Appreciate you joining us, man. Um, we out here. So many, thank you guys for, for all the super chats. Really, really appreciated. Um, JJ says, hello, Joe and Jeremy. A super chat for Mr. Brody Lee. He was one of the most talented big guys I ever saw. I'm glad that I have the memories. Let's all help each other. Smile and grin. We're going to try. We're going to try, JJ. Uh, Evan Wright says, Chikara boys, New York, Rochester boys, Dark Order, all over the card. Hope WWE gives Big E some time on Talking Smack uh, Friday to to vent and talk. He's wrestling Corbin. I would assume Big E will have some type of tribute uh, planned for for Brody, and then, yeah, if he gets time on Talking Smack, I imagine he will say something. Joseph? It's the Big E coming up really reminded me of, like, we so often, especially on this show, I'm sure it infuriates our audience, we whine so much about the bad of social media, and, boy, there is a lot of it, right? No <laughs> doubt. I'm not here to say this week's mm-hmm. proved otherwise, but it is awesome that I don't have to worry about whether or not Big E is going to get the time I want him to get because his timeline has provided us with so much, like, release at this time. It's cool that you can just – you don't have to rely on a promotion doing something. And I'm not saying they didn't do enough. I'm not getting into that. What I'm saying is the wrestlers have their own platform to do this stuff. That's cool, right, in its own way. And it's also cool that I can go on Derby Network or wherever and go to that section and watch Brody's stuff. Like, there's a lot of things I take for granted with the way things are now. And I'm so busy whining about one guy being a dick to me or something. <laughs> we all do it, right? But I'm thankful for that this week, man. I've needed it. Like, I've needed those tweets. I've needed those matches. It's been a lot of fun in that sense. In the most painful sense, it's been fun. Man, I, I think just the, the possibility of, you know, Biggie being, you know, just giving a mic to let, to like, just let him, let his feelings flow about, you know, John Hubert slash Brody Lee, Luke Harvard's passing. I think that's going to be a, that, that that's that's going to be quite, quite something, man. Like, I, I, I think, it, it will be cool. Like, of course, you still got talking smack. I think I'll, of course, to tune in to talking smack, but I think it would be really cool if they let him, you know, 
get the post post match win promo out there. He's not he's facing Corbin right on SmackDown. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think it'd be really cool for him to like grab the mic post match and just let him say a few words. I you know, but Big E has like his whole thread. Him and Chris Harrington's threads are yes. like great man like just seeing like especially like seeing chris Harris like his old photos of uh of brody like sit like no beard like it's crazy <laughs> like see, see this see this dude with no beard is is mind-boggling to me like it's, it's crazy to see man like i it, it's been like really like telling like again like and it, it's, it's hard not to repeat it but like mm-hmm. again like the dude is like you, you just seeing so many people just show this dude so much love man and i i i hope that that is being relayed to, you know, his family. I hope they're able to see all these tributes and all these people just knowing how much of a good person this dude was, man. And I'm, I'm pretty sure his significant other knows, you know, I've seen, you know, the post that she made and she called him uh, her best friend. And I, I think that's like, that, that that's that's a really another heartbreaking thing is on top of losing somebody that you've created this and established this family with is to lose somebody that you called your best friend for so long. I, that That's, Sad, very sad to read and crazy to read, man. But um, yeah, like it's sometimes like I I think about it, bro, and you just had a loss for words, legitimately. And uh, mm-hmm. like re- I think wrestling has endured a great deal of losses in 2020. Like you think about like Hanukkah Moore and and Shad Gaspard, and it's, it's so many people, man, uh, that that passed away this year. Not not only professional wrestling, but just in the, in the, the regular world in general. I guess is the way to put it. But man, like it's. You don't really know what else to say, man. No, I I, I did want to say, sorry, Jeremy, I'll let you get to see channel, but for anyone watching this that's struggling with what we're doing, I, I apologise for the tone of this. I, I do intend, we intend to make this show slightly more positive in the end. We want to talk about 2020. I'm here with two of the best news guys in wrestling, okay? Don't remind me of the stuff that happened. It'll be fun. I promise it'll be fun. But we just need to do this. Jeremy gets that super chat, and I have, like, a couple more things. So, bro, go ahead. Oh, no, I because Andrew talked about the family. Andrew, Drew Nicholas says, thank you for doing this. The family deserves every penny. Tomorrow night will be amazing. One of the saddest shows I'll have ever watched. As a newer wrestling fan, Brody was a saint. I'm so heartbroken for his family. And that's what I always come back to is look, I, I don't have kids or anything, but the, the man's leaving behind two kids and a wife who, who clearly loved it. I read those text messages uh, that she posted today and was just gutted after, mm-hmm. after seeing those text messages. Cause you could tell the love between those two and the happiness and it just heartbreaking stuff and leaving behind two kids as well. I, I had a tough time with this on Sunday because it reminded me of uh, Larry Zonka's passing. And and I was close with him and his family, and he left behind a wife and two daughters. And it's just, it's so, it's so, so tough to, to see what they're going through. And I just, I can't imagine what, what his kids are going through and, and his wife. And again, I, I hope the tribute show, it seems like it's going to go well for them. I assume Tony Khan and AEW are going to take very good care of them doesn't replace losing their father um evan wright says john silver saying he'll wear the gear that brody got him Preston vance i think will wear the coat uh brody got tailored for him bucks colt is uh surreal yeah man there's gonna be a lot of i imagine a lot of different tributes on on the show tomorrow just beyond uh the matches jk shaw says in a world full of a lot of crap, it is comforting to know there are genuinely amazing and nice people like Brody out there gone far too soon. He was 41, 41 enjoying the best run of his career. Go ahead, Joseph. Well, 
I did want to. Um, I wanted. We all kind of had an admiration for him as a performer, and and rightly so. And he has a lot of great moments as a singles wrestler before WWE. A few in WWE where he was at. You know, the Orton match is one I absolutely love, and obviously the AEW stuff we mentioned. But I do think it's worth as fans again as fans talking about the Rowan uh, little tag run they had because. I don't think they ever recaptured the magic when it was, you know, the Bludgeon Brothers. I don't think they ever clicked the way they clicked when they were with Bray. But I have to say, I think as a team, that initial run to me is like the ultimate what if in a different setting, in a different time. That team was so awesome. And if there's one match I'll always go back to with Brody, it's the matches with it's the ring match with the Usos, the two out of three falls. If you're watching this and you haven't seen that match, please check that out because it is a great example of how unique Brody was because he was a big man and a monster who could do like indie sequences <laughs> with Jimmy or Jay. <laughs> They're doing like, you know, full finishes 20 minutes into a match. And it's just like, he was incredible. The match of all I just mentioned, he's a monster and a, and a big guy who's working as like a lovable baby face, straight up 50, 50 of all. And it's like, it works. It's great. It's tremendous. So I wanted to mention the Ryan tag, but before we, we do move on, and it's, it's going to be difficult to transition anything else, but I did want to pass about you guys. Any other just wrestling memories, personal, anything you want to share? Here's the time. Andrew? Uh, I was about to say, you kick it off, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, I think the, the SmackDown run, for sure, with the, the Wyatt family and Orton, um, that, that entire run was great because there was some levels and some depth to that of, okay, he never trusted Orton in that group, mm. but Bray was accepting and everything. He was always kind of side-eyeing, like, what are we doing? And they did the uh, the Freebird rule with the tag team titles as well, which I thought was fantastic. I will always look back at, at that run and be like, yeah, that's that's probably his best WWE run. He had the well, the ladder match against Ziggler, and then there was some some very good, you know, Wyatt Family six-man tag. Like, any Wyatt Family six-man tag was just fantastic stuff. So yes. any of those matches were great as well. I'll always look back as the run with uh, Orton and and I really think of like kind of like a what if they had gone more with him because you listen to the the Talk of Jericho podcast and we talked about that podcast when it came out of how like it was cathartic listening to him talk about the run and everything it wasn't bitter or anything it was just more like a therapy session for right. him like the what if of, of that run had they maybe not put the title on him but like really elevated him to the main event scene, what could have happened there? Yeah. And, and like just things that come to mind uh, immediately for me, it's like, uh, I remember what, what was that September 2019? I think it was when, uh, when he returned at the Clash of Champions show, yeah. when he helped uh, Rowan beat Roman Reigns. And like, I just remember like the, the, the crowd, they, they were like very receptive to seeing him, but like seeing the reaction on social media, everybody was going crazy on social media. Like, like it, it, it may not have, I remember I went back and watched that yesterday. Like the crowd was like they, they they were amped, but it wasn't like big, 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 big. But like on social media, it was like everybody was going crazy. They was like, Luke Harvard's back, Luke Harvard's back, he's the man, uh, yada, yada, yada. And I think that was like one of the real cool moments. And of course, like Jeremy mentioned, uh, the Wyatt family shield story. Like um Eric Rowan had did an interview and but before uh uh Brody's passing, and he talked about how they often uh talked about how they just like they, they, there was never anything about they never had any issue about being a part of the wife family that was never their issue it was just him and brody often talked about how they wish they just got to explain why they were with bray like they just they 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 just wish that they had the opportunity to say 
why, this is why we're with this dude. This is why we're all so tight. This is why, you know, th- this is happening. And they just wish they got to explain it from their own mouths. You know what I'm saying? That's something that they just really wish they got to do. They they never had an issue with being in a Y family. It was just they just wanted to have the opportunity to get a mic and say, this is why we're with him. And this is why we back him. And this is why we support him. And, you know, you immediately think about uh, that WWE run. Of course, you can think about the matches with Ziggler. Um, I think a lot of people uh, harken back to um, was that uh, in the spring 2017 when he was in that WWE title picture. And, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, you know, a lot of people think that he should have been in that world title match. I, you know, I, I'm one of those people that think he should have been in there. Uh, you know, Joe, I was going to uh, ask you to, you know, speak on that real quick. You know, you're saying um, that like j- j- just look, I mean, of course, you know, hindsight being 2020. Like, do you think like because I mean, I, I know you remember Jeremy, you as well. The, the crowd was the crowd was hot for it. They wanted it. They want they wanted them yep. in the match. And he was he was over his hell, and they wanted them in there. And you know, you know, we, we didn't get it. But I think that's one of those things where we could look back, like man, like you know, if, if they would have just went with it, like who, like you know, who knows? Who knows what could yeah. happen? I I don't think it's any. I don't think it's a hindsight thing in that case, right? Like I think most of us knew that was just the right way to go, and it's like. It's difficult with this stuff because you don't want it to be um, – you don't want to celebrate a career by wondering what could have been. And, right. and that's something I've been struggling with the last few days because I do – look, I'll be honest with you, I do. I there, I wanted him to have a run in Japan after he left over and it, it never happened because of all of these terrible factors that have prevented it. He, In an ideal world, he got out of his contract when he wanted to, right? And I don't think that's unfair to say that. That was what he wanted. I would have liked that too. But, like – it's, at this point, there's just no, there's no reason to kind of dwell on it. But as far as that WrestleMania, I think anyone that questions where Ronnie should have been, it should just watch the eventual match they got to. Like <laughs> the story was actually he was the heart of the story because as Jeremy pointed out earlier, he was the guy who was that, and he was like the the moral compass almost because it was effectively two heels. But again, it's like <laughs> it's, it's it frustrates me. I'll be honest, but like I don't want it to kind of overtake my point but i'm with you i think we all are all with you he should have been in that match yeah and and, and jeremy pointed it out like like you just said jeremy pointed out that he was like the he he, he was hip to randy orton the whole time he was like no yeah. stay away from him don't don't do it and like i felt like that added so much to the story to have this dude who really didn't say much but he said everything with his body language and his eye moves and like side eye and orton all the time and like even in those uh those backstage promos with the whites um but when they would all be in the dark room, mm-hmm. he would just be mugging Randy Orton the whole time while Bray was talking to the camera. And I'm like, dude, like just little subtle things like that. Like, and he didn't even talk. That's like, he didn't talk. And that, and like, he made so much of that story by not saying a word. And then like, I remember uh, like, even when Jeremy just brought that up, he kind of brought another memory to my head. Uh, I think when they won the tag titles, um, you, you remember when like he, okay. So he was already sad and Randy Orton, but Orton, went up to him and put the title on his shoulder. It was like, we cool, big man. And, and, and Harper let it slide. He let it go. And I, remember, I, think, I think he rose the title or something like that. And I was like, but this, this story is great eh, right here. And I was like, just, like man, I, I, I just wish, and, and I know we, I don't want to make this a whole thing, like what if, what if, what if, yeah. but like, I, I just wish, man, that he could have at, at least been in that WWE title match like, and, and had that moment. Because I think it would have just completed that, that whole story. Is that's a special? It's a special run for him, but it's a special time. I think for a lot of us, that's a special time of modern WWE, like where we actually—I think people have fond memories of that time on SmackDown, where yeah. 
they left, you know, the brand split came back. And it's easy to forget this now, but I promise people if they go back and look at it, that roster was a lot smaller than the one these these brands have now. Like, they've signed a lot of guys, and they've not lost many of them along the way. Like, you know, not been as many releases as we're used to in past eras. But that SmackDown roster, I remember vividly people looking at it and being like, what are they possibly going to do with this crew? And it, to me, was the best show they've done in years. And this isn't, again, this isn't me, like, you know, celebrating saying it, looking back. I loved it then. It gave me real escapism, that show. And he was a big part of that. The, the thing with Brody is, and I think the thing I always remember most when I think about him as a performer, his face and the way he could he could emote without saying a word, as you said, Andrew, is like it's maybe the most striking thing about him. Not only was he a big man that had incredible sort of physical range and could do incredible stuff, could do dives, could do indie sequences, as we said earlier, but more than that, man, with just one look, he could say so much. His eyes just told a beautiful story, <laughs> always. Like that's what I always remember most about him. Like his eyes on a false finish, a guy kicking out, and Brody looking down the camera was just like an incredible kind of special thing about him. I think. Did you guys ever see him perform live? I was there for the uh, Bludgeon Brothers title win. So I've, I've been, uh, that's it. It was like, you know, the mania. Yeah. The one yeah. where they like squashed New Day and Usos. But I mean, that's obviously a cool moment for his career. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've seen like a, you know, a real standout um, match where you got a chance to have a great match on a house show. I, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but no, that's the only one I've seen, I believe. Andrew? I think the only time I got to see him wrestle was at a house show in, uh, in DC. I want to say it was summer 2019 I, I i think i'm correct on that mm-hmm. summer 2019 i got to see him in a i, I can't remember who he wrestled but i i know he was on that show it was just cool to see man of course he was you know one one of the uh many uh talents in ring performers on that show man it was i'm like hindsight you know of course hindsight man 2020 i'm glad i got to at least see him live in, in, in some form opposed to you know catching him on uh on tv yeah i, I do remember sorry Jeremy, I, I do remember um and this is like a weird, quirky memory, but it kind of sums up like I didn't realize how much I enjoyed him until suddenly I was like, "Oh, oh man, like it's it's done now." Like it hurt a lot, but it speaks to how much I enjoyed watching him. That I vividly remember finding out that he works Cesaro on a main event table and being like, "Well, that's it. Gonna have to watch main event this week." Like, <laughs> and, and I don't think I'm alone in that. And in many ways, when you're on that WWE big win, oh, right? Yes. That's the best compliment of all, right? Like being like, look, man, aside from all of this bullshit, I want to watch this guy wrestle Cesaro. Okay, let me do that. And it was like a cool 10-minute match with him. So there's a little memory, I guess. I don't know. I was at Mania 30, but I'm, he didn't wrestle on that one. He just accompanied no. Bray. Uh, you mentioned Cesaro. It was a house show uh, here in North Carolina, and it was New Day against Kid and Cesaro against Harper and Rowan. And it was an elimination tag team match. And it was definitely the best match of the night that sounds I, awesome. yeah <laughs> like it was it was really good there's just you know six great guys just going out there and just kind of doing what they want in the ring and it was fantastic and we all thought like we all bid on like a title change too like it was it was a fantastic match um yeah that's i i think that's the only time uh, i've seen him live was just a house show but like that's probably the best time to see these guys yeah. live because they just yeah. do what they yeah. want that's why people are probably watching this thinking, why didn't I, like, I saw him at Mania winning the title. I guess that seems like the biggest thing. But to me as a fan, it's like, I was trying to think if I saw him really work as a house show. That's the best stuff to see, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys, uh, uh, are you ready, Jeremy? I was just going to go do Super Chats. So go ahead, Andrew. Oh, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Do the Super Chat. 
Carlos Easy says he reinvented himself and helped an entire faction get over. Admirable to hear Stuart Uno talk about how Brody went out of his way to help the group. Mm. That group was gone until yeah. he got there. Like yeah. they, yeah, they, there was, there was not much to that group. And when he arrived, it, it definitely, uh, it picked up in a big way. Um, so many super chats guys we really, really appreciate this. Again, all the super chat money is going to, uh, the family of, uh, of Brody Lee. Uh, Luis Hernandez has really enjoyed his work in AEW and BTE dynamite is going to be a really show. I think it will be, it's going to be an emotional, emotional show, but I think the guys are going to go out there and, and really do their best to, uh, pay tribute to Brody. Uh, the the way they can. Uh, M. Poor says, can't tell you how many times I've watched that BT segment with Brody telling Sue <laughs> to throw the papers at Silver. He will be missed. Uh, fall for Sue. R.I.P. John Huber. That BTE on Monday with the supercut of like all the Brody segments and the outtakes and, and Silver and Reynolds talking about him, that got me. That was tough. Like that was really, really tough. He was, he was so good on BTE. Again, I... I think the dark order stuff just overtook all of the elite stuff just with their interactions and the way they did things. And Brody, like that is who like that exalted one character should have been not the, let me be a Vince McMahon parallel type person. Cause that character on, on BTE was, was just tremendous. Uh, Ashley Rogers sends a super chat. Um, JJ says wide family versus the shield at elimination chamber is one of my favorite matches. Just awesome for me. He should have been put in the Bray and Orton Mania match. Yeah. We, we talked about that. It, it would have been much better. Uh, imagine Brody versus Ishii rematch versus with Shingo. I feel like new Japan Woo. was the plan for yeah. him. Like that was kind of openly discussed, right? He was going to have a new Japan run. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this, uh, this is this. There's no way I can say this without making it sound sad. So I'm sorry, guys. But like, he does leave behind many dream matches that will continue to sort of yeah. like keep my imagination going. And I, look, I'm not saying that's a good. I'm just saying like it's true. It's such a shame we didn't get that run. Because even with the way things ended up here, in any other time, he still would have made an appearance or two. It just it was this particular time he said he debuted on that first show after the everything shut down. So yeah, that sucks. That 100 sucks. And, and Jeremy, some some you pointed out uh, when you when you were like how much he um changed just the overall perception of the Dark Order. I was gonna ask you to like for like further speak on that because that like it, it's just crazy like how he literally came in and like made this group legit. And before that, they were like th- like they were admittedly they were kind of floundering. Like I I think it was like kind of up and down, like kind of middle, but never at that next level. And I feel like when he came in, he immediately. And, and and like Joe mentioned, like it, like for, for for the beginning of his AEW run, it was like a little, just a tad bit rough because you know the constant comparisons to the Vince McMahon uh, persona and you know that type of stuff. But I feel like he really made it his own, and you know, but became Brody Lee once again. And then um, like like I was going to ask you to further elaborate on that, Jeremy, because I think that was a, a solid point right there. I mean, when Uno and Grayson debuted, they got the, like, who are these guys? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and, like, I, I liked them on the indie scene. Like, they were they were a good tag team. They tried to put them over in a big way on that famous, infamous December Ooh. episode with the phantom punches and everything. <laughs> and then, like, they just, they dropped that completely. And then, you know, I, I liked when they turned into, like, the cult stuff. And then they, they talked about, okay, well, who's going to be the leader? They thought it was going to be Matt Hardy. It turned out to be Brody. 
again, I was not a fan of like the, the Vince McMahon type stuff at first. I was like, I'm not buying this. Like, I'm just not the Moxley feud is when it like started to really click with everything. Cause that's when it showed like, all right, this is what this guy's motivations are. These are how, this is how he's trying to lead these guys lead by example type things. This works. And then from there on, like it was, it was just straightforward and it became, I, I thought some of the best stuff, certainly on BTE, uh, but some really good stuff on dynamite as well. Anytime you just get out of his way and let him do what he does, it's going to be magic, right? Like whether you, you know, view a bunch of Brody matches as classics or not, I think it's very hard to find Brody matches that aren't good in, or fun in some way. And that's the thing. As, as much as we were concerned about it and we didn't love the opening segments, it's like as soon as you got to wrestle John Moxley, <laughs> dude's not going to miss in that spot. He'll do whatever it takes to make that hit. So before I don't want to, you know, transition here too soon because I don't want to leave anything on the table. So anyone, either of you guys, anything left to say about Brody, who I know we've all been like, you know, the last few days have sucked. Anything left to say before we try our best to, to move on or whatever? So, uh, like, uh, one, one of the things that one of my favorite videos that I've seen, that I've seen uh, recently, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it too, the one with him and his son were doing the interview at the local the local Rochester outlet, and they were talking about his uh, the mini pets that he had in his house and the chickens and stuff like that. And his son, his son just took the microphone and was like, uh, two dogs and five cats. And, and, and the, the funniest thing was, when his son tried to go back in for, for the talk more in the mic, Brody kind of grabbed him back and was like, I now. <laughs> I, I, I let you take over this interview. Like, we're we going to chill out now. I think that was so, that was like one of those you know, fatherly moments right there. But like, I I, I genuinely feel bad for, uh, of, of course, for his youngest man, Brody Jr. Uh, that, that was like one of the things that like really, really admittedly choked me up. Like, like just knowing that, you know, this this young dude who had his pops around him for so long, and with these however many you know period of time, decade or so, or eight years old or nine years old, like just to constantly have this figure around that always have your back, always be there for you, always talking to you, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, to just have that too. Just now that this man is gone, you know what I'm saying? I can only imagine how that's you know going to affect him going forward. But I, I'm you know, I'm pretty sure he'll have a very solid support system. Uh, going forward to you know kind of rally him up behind that like it's it's been some things that have like really choked me up this year like I don't want to get too like dive too off topic if you guys don't mind but like I like one of the things that immediately come to mind is the um the 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 George Floyd situation that that really kind of choked me up and brought me to a different place as far as like you know making me feel like kind of emotional I guess and like kind of like just knowing that you know Brody Jr. like just seeing how that relationship he had with his dad and you could see that through interviews and such like it, it, it's very sad to know that you know that quote unquote superhero that dude who's always been there for him that's his pops man so he's not gonna be able to get that anymore and that's you know that's sad and I you know I, t- um, I don't know I, I hope you don't mind me plugging it uh, Jeremy but I had uh, mentioned it in um and in, in I wrote a short little tribute about Brody and I had uh, wrote that like I'm I'm very uh close to my pop, so like I can only imagine, you know, not having that figure around. You know what I'm saying? And I I I I genuinely hope that he's able to just navigate life and just keep his pop's memory with him throughout whatever may come to him in the future. And, and you know, I I'm I'm really hoping that he'll be able to just you know 
keep progressing and just keep growing and, you know, do everything within his pop's name and, you know, keeping his pop's with him with, with everything he does. I think we're all super hopeful and I think we all expect AEW to do right by that family, as Jeremy said earlier. And a part of that is, is supporting uh, Brody Jr. So it seems like I've done a good job thus far, right? It, it seems that way. So we can only be hopeful it will stay that way. I don't know. Again, losing losing the father is – my dad is fortunately still here, but I can only imagine going through that. And you could tell – like, Andrew, you mentioned that interview, and, and I talked about it earlier. Like, his, Brody Jr. was on Up, Up, Down, Down a couple of times, and you can just see, like, the relationship they had and yeah. just how much fun they would have with each other and everything. So, yeah, I, I saw Jim Ross posted the picture that Brody Jr. was at the, the Jaguars game with them. I would imagine, I mean, the, this card is being put together for, for matches that Brody Jr. likes. I would imagine they're going to be well taken care of. It, it's not going to replace a father, but it is good knowing that I don't think this kid is going to be like left alone. Right. right. I, um, I, I didn't really watch uh, Monday Night Raw extensively this week because I knew this show would be what this show is going to be. But I, I was left almost, um, I don't want to say puzzled, but like I, it seemed like a common thing. We all seemed helped by the fact that the way the guys tri- pay tribute to Brody right on the show. Like I'm not talking about what you know what anyone did or didn't do. I'm saying the guys, Drew, um, Xavier, there was others, and it's like it. For all of the, you know, we all cover this stuff, me a lot less than you two, but we get lost a lot in like sort of the day-to-day, like, oh, this guy said something dumb on Twitter. And a lot of the time it is something dumb. I'm not talking about saying there's more than that. I'm talking about literally <laughs> just saying it's dumb. <laughs> and it's like, man, they are frustrating at times, but pro wrestlers really, they give me an escape. And like, it's as simple as doing just a line for Brody. It was like, oh man, that helps. It's like, I don't know why, but I don't think I'm alone either. It's like, 2020 has objectively sucked, right? I don't think I'm doing a hot take here. I see it's, I sense that's the consensus take on this. I, 2020 would always have a strange place for Jeremy and I, I think, because it is, this is when our show kicked off here. And I, I think inexplicably we've, we've kind of helped people at some point. I don't know how, I don't know why, but we have. And I was sitting there last night thinking about doing this show and it's like 20, being a pro wrestling fan has made 2020 worse. In many ways, because it is painful. We've had some terrible stuff in this year. You touched on some earlier, Andrew, both in wrestling media and in the you know the actual performers themselves. But at the same time, it's like, man, I don't know what I do without it sometimes. And that may sound tragic. I I apologize if it does. But like, are you guys with me? Like, I was I'm sitting there watching Drew McIntyre, and I'm like, damn, that helped. I don't know why. <laughs> it just did. To be honest, with you guys, like, it did. I thought Tom Phillips opening the show with "It's Monday," and you know what that means, right. like. I, I thought that was great. Yeah, all the little tributes throughout the night, Xavier's especially. Like the he he really went kind of all out, and it, it did help. I like the threads Biggie has done, Cesaro stuff. Like I think all of that helps. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In, in some way, and however you, you get through this, this process, and there's... Look, there is no right or wrong way to get through this process. How, whatever yeah. helps you, however it helps you, it, it's the right way. Like uh, I was gonna say, like just seeing, I, I think I seen uh, Becky Lynch. Uh, she posted on Instagram the picture of her, uh, her Brody, um, Xavier, and I think Aiden. I think they were they were in Japan. I think they were doing the Mario Kart thing. I think that's what it was. Like they were like uh, riding around. I think in the carts and stuff like that. And Brody was like dressed up in one of the. Um, one of the costumes, but it was just hilarious. Like seeing, seeing, he was seeing in the steampunk stuff. gear. He had her, her yeah, yeah, yeah. steampunk gear on. <laughs> it, it, like so, it, like so many different elements, man. And then, like I think, uh, I, I saw Seth Rollins's post. He wrote like a real detailed, uh, real detailed post about him. And you know, he talked about how um, when, when they were both in the um, in their respective factions, when they were in the Shield and and Wyatt family, like they they had like a a real like backstage kind of you know head to head because they were so passionate about their own respective groups and where they felt that their group should go and like just i feel like that type of openness and, and openness and telling that those type of stories like letting them know like it was all respect and just showing how passionate mm-hmm. both of them were and showing how passionate brody were brody was and in, in like in those specific moments it just goes to show you how much he loved wrestling and how much he just endeared himself to so many people by just being you know genuine it's like everything now it's like the the biggest strength of it is that everyone's so accessible and that does run us into so many problems and like it is what it is, but it makes things like it's a lot easier to cope with that. I don't have to wait for dynamite to see people, what they're saying, right? Yeah. Like you just said, like Becky being able to just post that. And it's, it's amazing um, doing this show. And it just, even it, this year has been so bizarre because I'm sitting here and the Becky Lynch news Feel it feels like Jeremy and I covered that 15 years ago. It truly does. So I did want to ask, and, and um, I'm here with, with two of the best people in the rest of the media. That's not my that's not my opinion, Jeremy. That's the the general people. Right? I have my own say. <laughs> no, two of my favourite people. I'll say that much. Okay, two people that actually have to really and truly cover this stuff. And I did want to ask to try our best to put a bow on this show and this this week, these whole few days. What stuff in 2020, professional wrestling 2020, I should make clear, do you look back on and say, well, look, everything sucked, but thank goodness we got that much in our pro wrestling escape. Is, is there anything, Andrew, anything that comes to mind? Mm, uh, man, like just immediately. See, that, that, that that's one of those on the spot questions. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like, like five hours late, I'm going to be like, oh, damn, I should have said that. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's, it's like one of those things. Like, it just immediately come to mind, man. Uh, I'm I'm glad I got to see uh, Biggie get his singles run and win it in the Continental title. Uh, that that was that was very cool to see. Um, man, you know, since since we already on the topic, I might as well just throw this out there. It was just cool seeing uh, Brody in his in his uh, 
his new element of being this this leader of the Dark Order. Um, it, it was I think something was very kind of cool to see was kind of even though there were some trials and tribulations to kind of see how pro wrestling adjusted to the COVID nineteen pandemic. I feel like that was like something I, I don't want to use the word cool, but it was just very interesting to see how many independent promotions and many companies sort of you know made that transition and you know they had their humps along the way, but you know eventually ended up finding their way. Um, man, it, it, there was so many uh, solid things that happened. I, we could look back at Edge's return at the Royal Rumble. That was right. that was especially on that, that day. That, that didn't happen in 2020. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no way that happened in 2020. And then I, uh, I, I know I uh, talked to Jeremy that day because that was the day that uh, Kobe passed away. Yeah, like that. That was just like one of the most down days. Like it, 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 it was crazy how this person that some of us never met legitimately affected all of us at at one time. And I think for for those within wrestling and watch that watch wrestling, I think Edge's return really like kind of. Yeah, that, 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 that's a good thing. Um, man, there, there was so many good things happening, man. Uh, Jeremy, uh, anything you got? I'll give you three. Oh. The first one is Goldberg defeating the clown. Jeremy trying to get the stream riled up, man. Two more serious ones. One, Roman Reigns' recent run has been just absolutely tremendous everything he's done he's knocked out of the park two we forget about it almost but moxley winning the title in his entire run yes i like john moxley's my wrestler of the year i'll go ahead and say that right now like i i think this has been the best run of his career and everything he's done this year has hit with me 100 like he even the new japan stuff which no one remembers because he hasn't been in new japan since i think wrestle kingdom but yeah all of that stuff hit with me as well. Like Moxley's entire run. It's crazy. I think he won the title this year because it doesn't feel like it, but he did. And his whole run has been great to me. I want to circle back to him because I think he has been, as you said, he's been tremendous. I mean, like you mentioned the the Suzuki match. Was that 2020? I want to say this year. Yes, it was. It was was after Tokyo time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was after Wrestle Kingdom. So, I want to circle back to him, but Andrew mentioned the Rumble. That may be the ultimate example of like good professional wrestling escapism, where entering that show, it was like a sort of, um, we were in a fog after the Kobe news, right? It was so bizarre. And then I left the Rumble and it just, it had helped me a lot. And like, I on, when you talk about wrestling, you're going to be critical. That's just the way it goes. Like it is, you like stuff, you dislike stuff. But I've been thankful for it, man. I wish sometimes these companies would run under better circumstances. I wish that it handled things better. I do. I'm sorry. But I'm not going to pretend I didn't enjoy watching this stuff. Like, when I think of the Rumble, I think of the show, but I also think of, of MVP coming back. Man. And I, I, I honestly believe the Hurt Business is not just a great act. It's the kind of act that in 20 years people are going to find and say, how was this not the biggest thing ever? The same way that people now do with like Dangerous Alliance back in the, in the day, right? And it's like, dude, that faction is so good. Like, don't let, whether you think the product sucks there or not, don't let it clear the fact that that faction rules, right? Man, like, I, I think the herd business is uh, d- definitely one of those, no, no pun intended, MVPs of 2020. Like, like just know, like just seeing MVP, like this dude, he came back in January and elevated about seven different talents within his span of 2020. 
it's crazy. Like it's genuinely crazy to me. Like just seeing how many talents he elevated, and then, and then not, not, but like he, he elevated so many talents of color, and I felt like that was like that, that was just very important for me to see. I really love seeing that. Like he elevated Apollo, Ricochet. Uh, he helped you know Ali in certain ways. Of course, Bobby Lashley, Sheldon Benjamin wasn't doing a damn thing. Cedric Alexander, same thing, wasn't doing a, a, a damn thing, and like he helped every single last one of those individuals by not even really wrestling them, but like more so just put like he and, and this is the crazy thing about mvp right he he never like in some of these promos he was never like very um like he, he he doesn't do a disservice to his opponent on the microphone he will always like ne- like it, it was never like oh this guy can't do this or this guy can't do that basically down in his opponent he would always like big talk his opponent in a way but like also make it clear that he's the superior in the situation and it was just like it was always like very cool to see how he kind of maneuvered and make sure to elevate the next man and like i i i think the next step honestly for the her business man is to add a female member to the group mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that'd be so beneficial uh to to whoever they they decide to choose <laughs> naomi but um <laughs> you, you know just, just, just you know just, just just throwing that out there man that's all i got to say envy like he's you're so right with the promo thing like he's remarkable they will do so many bad backstage skits on a show and if MVP's in here, it will not be bad. I promise you it will not be bad. Like, he'll do it with anyone. It'll be good. I, I'm sure of it. I would say he's very possibly the story of the year in terms of, like, you know, the, the the winner of the year. I'd say it's him already, right? If you're looking at, like, the overall who leaves 2020 in professional wrestling, in a, you know, in a, in a much – in a completely different scenario than they ended it. I think MVP's really the ultimate winner because he was done, right? Like, he was ready to move on. And now he's – a centerpiece almost of, of Monday Night Raw. It's very, very cool. I'm going to catch up on some super chats here. Evan Wright says his match with uh, Dijak at Worlds Collide. Mm-hmm. We're talking about uh, Brody Lee. Yeah, everyone thought I mean, he was on the sidelines and he's coming back for that. And what happened happened, unfortunately. Uh, Rob Wilkins says I was at Elimination Chamber in 2014. Shield and Wyatt family truly don't know how to repair for AEW live coverage tomorrow night. I'm crushed. Rob, that is a very difficult job as it is. And I, it's going to be even more difficult tomorrow night, I would imagine. Good luck, buddy. Uh, Shout out to Rob, this. man. Shout yes. out to Rob. Good dude right there. You, you will get through it, buddy. And if you need any help, let me know. Um, where are we at? So many Super Chats. Again, guys, thank you all. All money going uh, from Super Chats will be going to uh, Brody Lee's family. Uh, Carlos Easy said that BTE with the who the fuck is Griff Garrison. And then uh, he throws the papers at Uno for the first time. is the hardest I laughed in my life. Dude, the paper bit was just fantastic. <laughs> and just throwing the papers or hitting people with the papers. Just great stuff. Uh, Taxel, when I first got into wrestling, my favorite thing was the Wyatt family. It's been a weird couple of days. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Taxel. We appreciate it, buddy. Evan Wright, uh, hope Pillman Jr. gets the Teddy Hart out of his system and becomes a figure in Brody Jr.'s life. I genuinely think he'd be a nice guiding hand for him. Mate. Huh? Good point. It's a good point. I like it. I like it. Maybe optimistic. Maybe optimistic. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Um, 2020 stuff. Eddie Kingston, you mentioned him. I'm shocked it took you that long to mention him. Joseph, uh, him, <laughs> him and MVP, certainly. And um, my best friend, of course, Ricky Starks, who was wrestling a broom in yes. February, came on our show and then got signed. 
So I, I think uh, he's had a pretty good 2020 as well. I, I, I am fully expecting Ricky Starks to uh, file that lawsuit against Jeremy uh, one of these days for, 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 for Jeremy's constant slander on social media. I, I'm, I'm like genuinely expecting this in 2021. How dare you? Never. <laughs> We're best friends. Well, I'm glad you mentioned him. I mean, we have a lot of fun with, with, Ricky's, with Ricky's name on the show. I was going to say we have fun with Ricky, but it really isn't that. It's just sort of his name coming out and Jeremy using it as a bit. But like... He is one of the great stories of 2022. Like I remember us covering his his um, TV title win, right? The tournament on the pay per view they did yeah. in like January. That was this year. Yes, folks, that really <laughs> happened. He's like, I think you compare him and Eddie in a way of like guys that took an opportunity. Let's be honest, regardless of what happened, probably wasn't going to be around forever, right? It was the return of studio wrestling. As a fan, I enjoyed it very much, and those two guys took it and maximized it. Both from now are important pieces for AW. And it's like, it's it's very difficult when you're looking at a year that has so much bad to be like positive, you know, but that will keep that part. But I would like to keep those parts. That's been very cool. Like, I want to circle back to Moxley because a lot of stuff in pro wrestling right now is like, okay, I appreciate how they tried to do that, right? Like, for example, um, when I see guys do TLC matches in the in front of, like, screens, I'm like, I really appreciate that you guys are insane. Like, I, uh, But there's very few stuff in any wrestling year where you say, I'm actually going to remember this for a long time. I think Roman is one of those. I think people, in Roman's legacy, I, I truly believe this will be like the crowning run of it, where he proved how great he was as a heel. I, I believe that. Yeah. But I think the other for me is like, I can't tell you a babyface world title run I've enjoyed more than I enjoyed John Moxley's. And the way that he adapted to everyone, the way that he would match a Kingston in, like, you know, the kind of emotive tough guy battle, the way he'd play an underdog against the big guy, the way that he would be kind of charming against an MJF, like an absolute masterpiece of, of a world title run. And I think that will be probably my main takeaway as far as stuff that happened on the screen of 2020. Like one of the more uh, cooler things uh, from this year that come to mind is a uh, kind of uh, like Leo Rush's resurgence uh, into professional wrestling. I think that's because I know he was at a point where he, you know, he said he was done, and you know he came back at GCW and then just had these string of matches. And then of course Jeremy, the main the main accomplishment of Leo Rush's of 2020. I'm gonna let you take this one, sir. Yeah, Leo Rush allowed me to cover the challenge <laughs> on the site. So, look, I'm and, glad Leo Rush is back doing and, wrestling because it Jeremy, gave me an excuse to write about the challenge every week. Jeremy, on top of this, he has not been eliminated yet. He will be on the show for the foreseeable future. He's going to keep being on the show. I'm going to keep <laughs> writing articles. He retweets all my articles. My best friend, Leo Rush. So, hey, look, I'll say this much. We're talking about 2020, but... Do not miss his match with Myron Reed. That's going to be a hell of a oh, kick on yeah. 2021. Oh, Check that one out. That's going to be fun. That's at the uh, Kings, of, Kings of Coliseum show, right? Yeah, yeah that's in the next week where it's going to be a very long week with oh, all yes. the shows oh, that, 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 that we have to cover. Jeremy, what's that on? That's all on the – damn, that is on the – that's the New Year's Smash. That's, Dude. Uh, that's, that's New Year's that's, Evil. Damn. Dude, starting uh, Monday morning with – Fingers about to be hurting, man. Yeah, Monday morning is Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, then Raw, then Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, then Impact, then New Year's Dash, then MLW, AEW, NXT, and then there's finally a break on Thursday, I think. Friday, SmackDown, Saturday is the Impact Plus show. 
Wow. Impact reading 80 <laughs> thread on the end there, didn't I? They, really, they, really, really they have a pay-per-view like two weeks later. They're like, here's an Impact Plus show. And, uh, hey, you know, our pay-per-views in two weeks. Just be fair here. Yeah. I think Impact are a story of 2020. Yeah. I exactly. think Impact, they played the hand, their hand well. I think they leave it with far more relevance than they entered. Dare I say momentum. God forbid. Impact <laughs> momentum. I'm saying it. I think they have some. I think a lot of credit has to go to them for they are probably the best example in wrestling, I would say, of making the most of what they have. And every single person on that show has a role. Every person has an act. It's a variety show to its most extreme, right? Like you're not going to like everything on that show, but they try and they make the most of the resources. I think they are one of the better stories of this year, actually. So, so Somebody got shot on Impact. But 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 like I think one of the like one of the funnier people on Impact. I don't, I don't know if you guys uh if you guys enjoy him as much as I do is Johnny Swinger. Oh yeah, the, the, that, that dude. <laughs> bro, bro, he, he he is like legitimately like I I swear like it's like there, there are some people in wrestling that uh that like so some characters I should say on wrestling that like they they, they are like pushed to be funny. Yes. But like, like swinger, dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but Joe, but Joe, I did want to ask you this. So I, I gotta get your take, man. On what, like, I think for, for me, I agree with Jeremy. I think John Moxley has been uh, the the best uh, performer of the year, as far as like, you know, just the consistency through it all and performing mm-hmm. out through it all. But I think another person who is right behind Moxley, and I think I think Moxley is number one. But I think right behind Moxley, you gotta throw Drew McIntyre out there. I think he 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 definitely deserves to be uh right right there behind Miles. I was going to ask you what you think, Jeff. I, I was just about to bring him up because me and Drew have a, a bizarre relationship. You have heat with Drew. I wanted to bring him up because I know that Andrew's a fan. We always have fun, Andrew and I, because I remember vividly when I was in the chat for approximately four hours that time, <laughs> and um, I got my championship ring and left. I remember him saying he was a, he was a Drew guy, and I, I asked him on this show, I think, about that. Like, yeah, I have a strange dynamic with Drew, and I'm not sure I always <laughs> love him as like top guy. As far as match quality, what a year he has turned out in the most awful circumstance to be world champion against some opponents that frankly did him no favors at all. And he was like, "No, we're gonna have a great match," and he did every time. I think he deserves to be on anyone's list at this point. I would agree with you, yes. But I'm just happy for you, Andrew, because you are a Drew guy, right? You're a Drew guy. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, 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 very fond of uh, one Drew McIntyre. I'm glad that uh, he finally got his big moment. Thought it should have happened two years ago when he first came back, but hey, you know, it happened. It happened. So here's, here's a hidden gem for you guys. While we're we're trying to have fun here talking about 2020, which is a unique approach to podcasting because most 2020 takes should just be it sucked. Let's never talk about it again. But I wanted to close things out on a high. Here's a match happening in 2020 that you will not believe. The last pay per view before shutdown, everything happened. Drew Gulak, Daniel Bryan, pay per view opener in Philly. Do you remember this match? Man, that, that, was that, awesome. that was good. That was good. I was remember that. Real good. Jeremy's <laughs> looking at me in complete disbelief. Doesn't know what to do. I'm sure it was, it was great. great. I mean, you, you have Daniel Bryan, you have Drew Gulak. Sounds like a fantastic match. It was great. Uh, now, I, I do remember that match. I could not remember that it was in 2020, though. I did not remember that it was this year. You know, it was a good Daniel Bryan match. Was uh, the strap match against Bray? That was mm. this year, right? Mm. 
an yeah. all-time Brian performance. That's <laughs> good. Daniel Bryan, great professional wrestler. So, so, so one match, Jeremy, that I did want to ask you about, like, uh, the 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 what w- was billed as the greatest professional wrestling match ever. Uh, but no, you want to know what's crazy, Jeremy? I want to get your thoughts. On Undertaker this, like, and, and AJ Styles. Right? <laughs> oh, oh boy. But uh, we used to talk about, of course, we talking about uh, Edge versus Randy Orton. You want to know what's crazy? I really thought that was like a really really good match. Yeah. But like, I think the fact that they tried to brand it as the greatest match, re- their greatest wrestling match ever, actually devalued it in a way and i feel like they just left it alone people would have been like oh damn that was like a really really great match i was wondering what you thought about that yeah we we talked about it on the show when it happened i think joe and i both like really enjoyed that match and you know it was what it was with how they shot it and edited it and everything and they they did do themselves a disservice by putting that much hype into it but it was a fantastic match, like from start to finish. I it was a lot better than that WrestleMania match they had. That's for sure. Oh, I'm I'm glad Andrew brought uh, my friend Randall up because <laughs> I uh, I have to say he should be in jail. He should be in jail. I mean this this is sincere, okay? Because when I talk about Randall, and it seems like it's a bit, because sometimes it is a bit <laughs> sincerely actual escapism for me in 2020. I look forward to seeing the latest hijinks. Of Randall Orton as he sets people alight on fire. This week on Raw, he closed it out the best way ever. Where he was like, "I would love to burn you to death, but you want me to, and I will not be able to." <laughs> Randy has been great. His social media is an absolute treasure. I would tell anyone that's even vaguely interested in wrestling to follow him. He's great, and he did a, a kind of revival this year. And I think Edge deserves credit. For kind of sparking that in him, right? Like he's been great this year. Seriously, I, th- I think another name. I, I, it's been really cool to kind of see uh, see ACH back. I think that's yes. that, that, that's yes. something that's been really cool. I'm, I'm so I'm so glad to see him back in wrestling, dude. Like is he he had a really really like just it, you know, we we could do a whole podcast about that. I could go mm-hmm. on the rant about that for two hours. But man, you know what? I'm a I'm a I'm gonna keep it positive. And I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say, I'm glad to see that, see that man back in professional wrestling. He is great. Ha- had one of the greatest moments in Cork and Hall history when he completely stole the spotlight from Naito <laughs> and had the crowd ch- da- chanting and dancing with this man. I, th- I think that was like one of the best moments uh, that New Japan has had uh, over the past several years or so. But yeah, a- ACH definitely one of them, man. Uh, j- just another thing, man. I- it's been really cool to see like so many black wrestlers like just rise up this year. Like uh, and shout out to um to Reg for the for the list he created and you know the podcast that he's putting out. I'm pretty sure you guys know Reg who does the uh, blackwrestlers.com. He won't follow yeah. me back. Don't put him over. <laughs> Look, Jer- Jeremy, why you gotta be like that, man? <laughs> you gotta be like that, man. Is this Reg? Reg, follow him back. Jeremy, good people, man. Here Thank you. you. Oh, no, you guys back. did like a two hour podcast that I cannot wait to listen to this weekend. It was uh, it was quite quite the experience. It was it was hilarious, man. I thoroughly enjoy uh. Ridge and Phil, Phil Lindsay for sure. Another, another good dude right there, man. Jeremy, I'm sure. Jeremy and John, I know you guys back. Another there. guy who buried me, saying that was the best podcast he did this year when he did two or three podcasts with me. <laughs> but, but, but you, you, you know that initial rush after you do a podcast, you know. Lost on us, lost on us. We log off like that was shit. It was shit. <laughs> By the way, I did want to ACH. If you don't watch any of the MLW restart shows that take place in misty buildings that allegedly have VIP guests, I do not understand what's going on. Colt, please tell me by DM. I'll accept your response. <laughs> However, if you watch one match, 
ACH had a beautiful empty arena match with Filthy Tom. They told a wonderful story. If you're going to watch a match, ACH has been great for a long time, so I'm with you. It's, it's super cool to just see him like back doing his thing. I love that match. So, so Joe, I got to ask you. You, 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 you were in my, uh, my, 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 my wrestling media story of 2020 because I, I, I need, I need to know what, what is this thing between you and Fight TV? What is this? <laughs> I need oh, to know. Joseph, not me. Yeah, I, know, I was asking, I was asking, joking, I, I see the tweets would tell you you would fight. I'm able to choose to fight, and and, just, <laughs> and dude, I die laughing every time. I I just need to know what this is about. I mean, I wish it was a thing. It's really, it's no, it's not a thing. It's just me hurling abuse at a streaming service I pay to use because all I want to do, Andrew, as a respected member of the wrestling media, is be able to tweet one of those bullshit. Yeah, I, know. I, just want, I just want to do the thing. I want to just ask people if they want to watch a show, retweet this, get some game, get some numbers out of it. They, oh won't, my do it. they won't play ball, Andrew. Hey, it's very hey, frustrating. Hey, if I, if I, hey, let my man be great. Stop! Stop doing it. Let, 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 let him be great. Like, all, 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 all he want to do is just send it out. Yo, come, come on, man! Like you, you, you he ain't hurting the soul by, by tweeting it out. Like it, it, it's another person that you got on your brain. Look, look, come on, man! Come on, fight, fight! You got, y'all got to get it together, man. The worst one, Andrew, is Eddie Kingston's grindhouse events. Going, this is my, yeah. this is my thing. This is my brand, okay? And I've got you know all these great brothers. Kerry Cassidy, I love him. Not his brand, okay? Eddie Kingston's Grand House, not his brand. That's Gary my brand. Does. Gary, that's my brand. You know, you should have sent the codes to me. Here's the thing, Andrew. I don't even want codes for myself. I will pay for it. I don't care. Just let me get the clout from this. Let me get the numbers. I need the numbers. I want numbers, okay? That's all I want. Not even numbers, in fact. I just want the acknowledgement of, oh, Joe's made it. He does fight TV codes. That's all oh I want. Goodness, that's all I want, Andrew. That's all I want. No, that see that see that that is legitimately funny. I'm not gonna lie. Every time I see Joe tweet that fight, like I I just know it got something to do with them having a code and him having, <laughs> him having uh, the tweet and, and him not letting Joe. Joe, 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 I'm with you, man. I, I don't know why they would just send it to you. Like it, it, I, I I don't like the, the the more the more spotlight that they get, it does good for both of y'all. You you get the clout, they get the clout. It's the same thing. Like. Fight <laughs> Fight TV must don't want the clout, man. That, that's all I got to they say about it. They know so. They don't even respond to me anymore. It's very sad. They liked one of the tweets and they've never responded since. They, they, they see it. They see Joe. They see <laughs> it. They, they feel see it. it too, Andrew. They feel it. Just, just wait till the the, the uh, post pandemic. Whenever we get out of this, I need to see uh, Joe or whoever and the fight social media person uh, yes. go down. <laughs> Uh, Evan Wright says Kenny Omega had an Iron Man match with Pac on a Wednesday and oh. a Revolution tag with Bucks oh, and Hangman that Saturday. Uh, incredible <laughs> stuff. Omega's had like probably an underrated year Definitely. Yeah. because he had that weird period. I mean, he just did a lot of tag matches, and so people just they were expecting singles Kenny all year, and we didn't see too much of that. But yeah, he had a fantastic year. I mean, so here's the thing, guys: is in a couple weeks with Andrew, we intend to do. Uh, more formal awards in the least formal way possible. Right? Is that a good way to explain what we intend to do with that show, Jeremy? Next Thursday. Okay. Whenever. I thought it was like a long time. Listen, guys. Joseph doesn't know the schedule. I'm going to give the schedule here in a second. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to do that. I promise. So if you're wondering what our actual picks are, but I do want to kind of get ahead of the curve. Jeremy did with with Mox. Is that our match of the year? The tag revolution? Where we say, Andrew, what you, your immediate response when I say to you, Omega and Hangman versus the Bucks. Is that the best match of the year? Mm. That 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 was a really great match. 
I, I actually went I went back and watched that I want to say a couple of weeks ago and it, it it still holds up um man it, like it was so many great I like it would take me a minute to say like what my greatest magic is I had to think about it but I I, I can't roll with that one for the match of my, for the for the match of the year because I I just need to like go back and look at some some mm-hmm. of the stuff that happened this year but that that's definitely up there I would say like top five for me like that was yeah. just and and it, it, like it like crazy like it doesn't it crazy isn't it crazy like go back and watch these matches with it, like actual humans in the crowd like yeah. chanting and like screaming yeah. like it's just ridiculous man yeah like wearing, wearing no mask disappointing me but it's like nah, <laughs> uh, yeah that, that 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 was a great match man I can't believe that was this year my match of the year is the clown against Goldberg <laughs> 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 it's like two minutes you know you don't have to invest too much time in it or anything. A fantastic match. I do think there's a real argument that Taker and Goldberg and all the content it's provided us since is like a match of the decade contender. <laughs> like he shoot brain busted the Undertaker in that match, and I have never had such a thrill in all my life. I thought I was going to like just combust. I didn't know what to do. So that's that's 2019 though. I don't want to. Yeah. The last thing I want to do on this show is get off topic, right, Jeremy? That's not what we do around here. But no, I, I, I think Revolution's a highlight. Go ahead, Andrew. I was gonna say I think one of the more uh one of the matches is gonna be underrated as far as this year goes is the uh what was that the, the Santana and Ortiz versus Best Friends uh, yes. oh yeah Parking Last Street but dude that that match was way better than what I was expecting I I actually wanted to because we haven't spoke since um the last Dynamite's happened between our last show and this right Jeremy the last sure. Dynamite yeah. yeah okay that segment where MJF went to Santana is the best example I've found yet of, like, Santana has a charisma that is very powerful. And that's not me doing a pun with the tag team name, I promise. That guy is one of those dudes who commands respect with the way he carries himself, right? That segment with MJF I thought was just so beautifully done. And I was scared that MJF was going to, like, wink at the camera, and he didn't. And I'm I'm really excited to see that guy. So I thought, I'm with you. I think everyone agrees Santana and Ortiz not had, like, the year we wanted them to have maybe in AEW. And there's a you know a lot of factors which just suck. It's just been it's been shit for those guys. But that match, well, they'll remember forever. That was a great match. I agree. Yeah, let's say another underrated one was uh, and then I know I, th- I think I saw um, I saw Jeremy tweet the same thing back when it happened. My 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 memory is elite, elite, elite. But uh, now I remember uh, I think he said the same thing was the uh, the Jordan Grace versus Deanna Perrazzo match for Slam Anniversary. Yeah. yeah, dude, that was crazy. Crazy good, but my, you know what, Joe? My match of the year, my match of the year is mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa versus Allison K at Hard Times. That right. is my match of the year, dude. Yes, it, it, you want to know what? Like, kind of my philosophy when people always say match of the year, and and, and it's not to discredit anything recent. Like, you could look at uh, Ilya versus Walter. That was something completely different from the WWE style that they normally present. Um, you can look at uh, uh, uh what was that? Uh, Okada versus Naito uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that was night two. But like when I think about that, and that was in January as well. But like when I look back at that uh, Thunder Rose Allison K match, I always think like when when you think about matches of the year, professional wrestling, always look back to the matches that happened earlier on, and that if they still hold that same weight yeah. with uh, with your opinion, then you know it was a great match because it happened so long ago, and you've seen so many other things. But yeah, Th- Thunder Thunder Rosa, man, like what, what a hell story. of a year for her. what a hell of a year for her, man. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like. I think we all have kind of a little bit of fun with the idea of what the NWA is now. Like it's a bit weird, right? It's a strange, it's a strange thing. 
like we've all known stories that are from <laughs> the end of the day. We've all had. So we talked a little bit earlier, and Jeremy uh, pokes some fun because he expected me to lead with with Eddie Kingston on the show. So I will instead I'll back end it, Jeremy with some Eddie Kingston, because I think the NWA like we forget that relevant is too strong a word, but they did actually expose some guys to a different audience, right? Like for Ricky Starks, he went from being a guy that people that really followed pro wrestling knew was good to being like, I checked out some NWA. This guy was in the second segment. He was awesome. And that's very cool. And I think Eddie, as long as he's been around, benefited from that show. My favourite match of the year, though I don't think is even a top 100 match of the year, but it's the one that was the most sort of special for me, that I think gets forgotten how good it was, is when Eddie arrived and faced Cody. And in 15 minutes of Dynamite, mm. they told this awesome story where Eddie effectively said, there's no way you can kind of out-tough me right, or out-grind him. Next thing you know, Cody's taking a tax bum, bouncing up, getting a submission win. And, like, if there's ever a moment to sum up why Eddie Kingston's great at pro wrestling, it's like he didn't have a contract. So he legitimately just start, told a story from start, middle, and end in, like, 15 minutes of Dynamite as the opening set. That is a match that I will always hold of very close to me. So that's maybe my favourite. Any any sentimental favourites for you, Jeremy? Sentimental favourites? Yes. Uh, look, Ricky against Cody because – like that, go, right? that was yeah that was that was a good i was very happy for ricky that he got that spot and then got a contract out of it so that's probably it i would think off the, the top way, of my head we were talking about great matches of the year like in fear of making us all sad again the dog collar match is a classic match it's oh, one yeah. of the great aw matches it was a extraordinary match and i don't think that should be should be forgotten either so it's, it's so strange because I think we all have had issues with the way things have gone as far as like the way shows just keep running and stuff. But it's like, man, there's been some great pro wrestling along the way and some great stories that we can celebrate even within this absolute just cloud of of sadness. There's been some great stuff in there. Yeah, nah, 100%, man. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of like some other really like low key underrated match. Uh, what was What's that? What's your I, WWE I, match of the year? Ooh. Uh, WWE match of the year. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go McIntyre and Rollins at Money in the Bank. Cause yeah, I, 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 I think if they, I mean, of course the crowd not having like they didn't have anybody mm-hmm. uh, when that happened. But I think if they would have had a crowd, it would have been. It, it, I think it would have made kind of something similar to what we saw uh, at the 2019 Money in the Bank with Rollins and AJ. Like that I was agree, really, yeah. that, that was a really solid. I think it would have been kind of the same thing. I, I would say there's a few that come to mind. I think the Brian AJ TV match that went 15 mm. adverts on SmackDown was an extraordinary. <laughs> like, no, that sounds like I'm dissing. Like, it was just a beautiful match. And, and there's something to be said for matches that historically carry weight immediately. And to me, they're the two best performers of their generation. So seeing them guys just wrestle for 40 minutes on a Fox <laughs> wrestling television show, pretty cool. I, I mean, that's great. I would look towards um, Roman and Kevin Owens from what two weeks ago, one week ago. I thought that was an extraordinary sort of emotional roller coaster, great drama in that match. I also would say one of my other personal favourites, when you talk about WWE, the first Jey Uso Roman match. Um, mm. I'll forever remember because as a fan of the Usos, I think what makes them so special is they are just wonderful performers individually. They are just brilliant at wrestling. And it just so happens that they have each other. And they're forever going to be a tag team in wrestling history. It's been so cool as a fan to see that kind of validated with how brilliant Jay has been as a singles. And that match, I just thought was, I mean, look, it's not usually my thing. It was very, you know, dialogue heavy, but 
with the way wrestling is now, I thought they did a beautiful job. I love that match. Evan Wright says uh, Cody versus Wardlow in the cage. That was apparently this year. That was a great right. dynamite. Right? That, that was this was year? Yes, it yeah. was. <laughs> Hold on. No, 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 it wasn't. No, it wasn't, <laughs> yeah. bro. Allegedly. That was allegedly this year. That was 2019, bro. We've listed Cody a couple times here. Like, Cody is where, I mean, he's, yeah, Cody's good. And I've I've said it many times, like, I've really enjoyed his AEW work. Uh, His year might get knocked because, like, that revolution match against MJF where the tattoo overshadowed everything. I didn't like that match. Like, I didn't, you know, I I I just think he's tremendous. Go ahead, Trey. I, I didn't like care for that match. Like it was good, but mm-hmm. I, I think I expected just a little bit more out of it. But on the whole, like Cody continues to be tremendous in AEW. That was one of the great programs of the year, though, right? I mean, it's only yeah. I know that with AEW they just still have one match, and that's it. So, yeah, it must end now. New build. The <laughs> MJF and Cody was a beautiful feud. I thought. I thought it was great. So, so one of the best promos of 2020, and I, I still can't believe this happened in 2020, was the Jake Roberts one. But yes. Kind of, yeah. Do. Oh my goodness! What when he was just like, what, he, what was that line he that he was like, "Don't ever turn your back on someone you're afraid of or you respect," and then turned his back and threw the mic and then Cody. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! This, this is gonna sound dismissive, but I promise it isn't. The way that he has struggled to match that since shows mm. you how inspired he was to make an impact on his first night. Do you know, yeah. it felt like he had yeah. so many ideas to make that here. I think that's one of the best promos of the year. I think. It definitely is. The segment that stands out to me is the Moxley Kingston one where they went head to head. I think is extraordinary pro wrestling. You know the one where um Eddie you just Martin like brought, they were spitting each other's throats. Yeah, I enjoyed the spit. I'll never forget going on social media after that and just seeing every fan, whether they're an NXT guy, an AEW guy, an impact guy, God forbid. I'm, I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. But everyone was like, Okay, I'm up for I'm I'm interested in this. So I mean, that was great. I think Moxley's cut a bunch of great, like, pre-take promos. Just tremendous promos. Where just, you know, him, I love the one he cut about um, his father giving that speech, right? We're the good guys. An amazing promo. Seek that one out. If there's one thing I'm thankful for with with, with uh, Power at the start and Dynamite throughout the year, it feels like it's a great time to watch guys cut promos. It really does feel like the, the power of the promo uh, is back, which is very cool for me as a fan. So, so Jeremy and Joe, I, 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 oh, you go ahead and read the first uh, Super Chat, Jeremy. Oh, is that Myron Kidd mentioned yep. uh, Grace vs. Perrazzo, 30-minute yep. Iron Woman match. Yep. Oh, by the way, Dylan yep. Perrazzo, one of the absolute best stories of the year. Incredible yes. story. Yes. Yeah. Hell of a year. But but Jeremy and Joe, are y'all ready to really get taken back down the 2020 timeline for one of those moments? Like, it, that that couldn't have happened this year. I, I, I need the confirmation from both of you. Are you ready for this? I think so. I believe so. Jeremy, are you ready for this? No, but go ahead. <laughs> Do you guys remember in January when Alex Shelley was on NXT? Oh, man. <laughs> when, he, when he was in the Dusty Tag Team class with Kushida? Look, yeah, Jeremy, bro, Jeremy is genuinely confused right now. He's like, what are you talking about? That, that, was, this, that was November, December. That bro, was not that, January. But that was January, bro. I promise you it was January. I'm looking this up. Joe, 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 that was January, right? The, t- the Dusty Tag Team Classic? Oh, I, I mean, NXT time. You could ask me anything but that, mate. I ain't got a clue, but it sounds right. Yeah, cool. It's, it no. was a fun moment, though, right? That was cool. It's no. been cool to see. It's been cool to see Shelly come back into the scene this year. Yeah, definitely it was. Jer- Jeremy, we, we waited on the confirmation from uh from Jeremy. It was January. It was, oh. I, it was, I told you it was January. Uh, yeah, January or 
literally the second week of January. I, right. This year has been so, <laughs> so long. But it's, it's forever going to be the year that this dumb show started, Jeremy. And I I don't know if I should be thankful for that or regretful. I don't know. I really well, don't know. Let me read um, this last super chat okay, and then we'll, we'll wrap things up. Yes, we're almost at an hour and a half now. Uh, Trey Lucas says, glad I was able to catch the, the stream live to donate love when it took two minutes for Brody to destroy Cody and then dog collar match that followed. So happy. I was able to see the side of them. I didn't know existed no. on AEW and, and yeah. BT. Yes. Uh, guys, thank you so much for donating all the super chats. Again, all this money is going to the family of, of Brody Lee. Now he turns his camera. Oh my <laughs> God, the big reveal here at the end. I, 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 had to, I had to show some love, man, because number one, and show my face, I'm all good, y'all. My head just ain't brushed. So, <laughs> yeah, dog, I had to come show support for my guy because he uh, he pulled out the Bush and Thompson shirt for me. So of course I had to uh, throw that on. I copped the shirt, point God with the face on it. That looked just like you, bro. That's crazy. But I'm back to all camera now. <laughs> Andrew's looking good. He won't show his hair, but he's Dude, looking good. I, 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 that I, shirt, I, Andrew. I, I, I ain't get to brush my hair today, man. same standards as Andrew, I would never have been seen on this show. I'd have always been just a, just a voice. You can hear it. <laughs> But of course, I had to said to pull out that uh that before to support my guy, man. I'm I'm proud I'm proud of both of y'all. Hell of a year. Y'all y'all done made it through the first year of the distraction. You should be very proud of yourselves. Do, doing blow up numbers on the fight with YouTube channel. I'm 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 very proud of you guys, man. Two of my dudes. Uh yeah, shout shout out to all my guys that was killing in the wrestling media this year. You two should be very proud of yourselves, man. Genuinely. You should really be happy with what you have accomplished. And hopefully next year. The distraction will continue to grow bigger. Please don't say nice things about us. I had to. I, to I'm, I'm, I did I'm like that. Nice that your phrase, I like that your phrase was, you've got through one year. Like, I did appreciate <laughs> that. That's the way I see it, too. It's like, we got through. I don't know how. We did it. We never expected when we were just talking about, you know, Bill Goldberg or whatever. That we'd hey, end hey, up let's not reflect on the year. We have a, a year anniversary show right. coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll do it then. We, we, we talking about Bill Goldberg, and I ain't gonna be surprised if we see old, old, old Bill back on TV in a couple of weeks. I'm telling you, I can't I'm wait. Telling you. I can't I'm, wait. I'm <laughs> only on shit brain busters. So, so, so wait, well, I, I know we that, that we wait. So, am I am I officially invited onto the year in show? Yeah, li- listen, let, let me set the schedule for everybody. Okay, there we go. There we go. This is the only show we're doing this week. Thursday's New Year's Eve. It's going to be later for for Joseph uh, on New Year's Eve. So, no no show. On Thursday is the only distraction you're getting this week. Enjoy it. Saturday, we're launching the Twitch, everybody. The Twitch mm. official on Saturday. I don't know who's going to be on on Saturday. It's going to be me, uh, that loser Joel Pearl, and then a couple other people might be popping on in and out as well. So the Twitch, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. We're doing a lot of testing. I will bury Joel Pearl. He has helped me so much with this testing on everything. So thank you, Joel, for for all of that. That is going to be Saturday, probably about 8 o'clock. We're going to be streaming for a good bit on Saturday. I will tell you that much right now. Next Tuesday, uh, no movie review. We are going to review Wrestle Kingdom. Nights 1 and 2, Joseph and I, we're going to be joined by uh, Sean Ross Sapp to review Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, Joseph, this is the thing that's happening. Look look, look at Joe. He like... Really? Joseph knows. He's playing. Hey, uh, okay. Can I fight, <laughs> brother? <I fight. laughs> 
Uh, so that I actually don't think Joseph knows the rest of the schedule. So. No, I do not. <laughs> but he does know the Wrestle Kingdom one. Uh, next Thursday, um, we, January seventh, we will probably do another six o'clock show. That is going to be kind of our year-end awards thing. Andrew's going to be back on that show. Everyone maybe saw the tweet that I sent out uh, where I DM Joe on December 27th last year. And I said, let's do a first take type show where we yell at each other and we do 45 minutes. I say, as I plug this thing an hour and a half into our show this year, um, we're going to do the first take style show. Andrew's going to be there. He's going to be our, our Molly, uh, Sean says you should cover New Year Dash on that show. No, no, Sean. We're doing the the first take show. You said, why isn't this program on our network? Next Thursday, it is going to be on the network. All right? We're going to yell at each other and throw papers and scream and whatever. So we're doing the first take show January 7th. January 12th, I don't know what we're doing. We're going to review something. We're going to review Big Show Show, okay? I, I feel uh, Molly. I get called like you, I know you know you know it was funny. Uh, I, I want to be talking about uh, the the Edge and um and Orton match from Backlash. And I was thinking about that segment when they had Charlie Caruso had to stand dead in the hall, <laughs> and, and, and she she was like the greatest wrestling match ever. Dude, I I, I know when they told her that she probably was like, bro, I'm on ESPN every week. I don't need this. Like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking about that. But I know Charlie was like, dude, okay, okay. And, and, and the funny thing was, everybody harped, but I don't think anybody harped on Charlie for that. But everybody was like, why would she be surprised, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Jan- January twelfth, we will review. We'll review something. We'll figure it out. January fourteenth is the one year anniversary show. I'm not telling Joseph what's happening that show, but. I got things planned for that show. All right, I've got I've got things planned. I have one question before we go off the air. Yes, Robert really? O'Neill will be on the show. No, <laughs> I go first. He's, he's wanting my job. Okay, I'm not getting there. Will Will that show create hype? No, heat or bust? Heat or bust? You messed up the bit. Sorry, Tony. Sorry. Tony. There you go. Heat or buzz, Jeremy? Uh, probably both. No, there you buzz. Go. It'll, it'll be buzz. Plenty okay. of buzz for the one-year anniversary show. After that, we'll, we'll get back on a more normal schedule and, you know, do the nonsense that we typically do. Andrew, you'll be back next week. Where can the people find you at? They can follow me on uh, on Twitter at adthompson underscore underscore. As uh, one, one, one wig ting likes to make fun of, because uh, my two <laughs> underscores are my name. I don't get it, but it, it's, 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 hilarious, it's hilarious to him, man. Uh, but, um, yeah, they can check my written workout over at uh, postwrestling.com and check on uh, the Andrew Thompson interviews YouTube channel. I will be back sharp, live, and ready in uh, 2021. Got some cool things lined up for the channel, so uh, stay tuned. And one, one, one thing that I really wanted to see on Distraction, please do this. Oh, I, I should probably say this off air so people don't try to take you guys, take the idea, but I need I need Jeremy to contact the social media person at Fight and, <laughs> and, and coordinate them to get on the distraction with Joe. And we need this. We need them to hash this out. I'm telling Jeremy. I'm telling you, that would be literally the funniest thing. And I need Joe to be in character as much as possible. I need him to heal it up. Joe, don't 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 try to be Mr. PR. 
I need you. We're gonna get banned from <laughs> fight. All right, the fight just not gonna give us anything if we try to do this. Let's 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 not get us in trouble here, okay? Let's not get get it. Let's not get us in trouble. Of, of course, of course, man. Of course, of course. <laughs> Everyone follow Andrew. Legitimately, not only the the absolute best at what he does when it comes to writing news, but he's pumping out interviews as well. Got his own podcast. Andrew, plug your podcast. Man, uh, shout, shout out to that good man, uh, Martin Bushby, the Bushby and Thompson Wrestling Adventure. We will be back. Uh, we do the record every record once a month. We will be back in uh, mid-January. Uh, we, we are currently deciding on what we're going to review, but it's going to be something cool. So be, tuned, uh, be sure to check out that. There you go. Andrew's got a podcast. He's interviewing everybody in the wrestling world, doing news all the time at Post Wrestling. Andrew's just the best, and he's always welcome here. I'd like him to just replace Joe, if I'm being honest, but I don't know if, if that's possible. You trying, uh, trying to turn me in a fight. I ain't even... <laughs> I'm trying to create a fight. That's what I'm trying to do right now. All right. Offer me a buyout and I will consider any options. <laughs> I'll offer you the WCW buyout where you get nothing. Hold on, wait. Okay. That, real quick. I know you're about to wrap up, but that, that is another one of the underrated Twitter moments of 2020 when people legitimately thought, that WCW was coming back at that time. Oh my God. <laughs> legal papers. They had legal papers. How? How? Just Twitter's the worst. Just the worst. Um, <laughs> Joseph, what do you got going on? And honestly, at this point, who could possibly care? I've been here for almost an hour and 40 minutes. If you're still, if you're still with us, more like, oh you God. probably know, right? Joe Holbert on Twitter, it'll be there. There will be stuff going on there, I promise. This fine. I'll see you all next week, okay? I'll be fine. <laughs> Everyone, thank you. Thank you again for all the donations, all that's going to Brody Lee's family. Uh, thank you for joining us all throughout 2020. This is our last show of the year. Thank you for all the support this year. Again, I sent that message to Joseph stoned on the morning of December 27th, just wanting to do a podcast with my friend. I didn't know what it was going to become. I'm thrilled that it's become what it's become and all the support that we've gotten for this. Just two, two guys just bantering about wrestling with no real idea what we're talking about. So thank you guys. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Andrew. We will talk to everybody in 2021. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.